0: Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth. Hello and welcome back to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I am so excited to have Dr. Coughlin with me today. Nice to see you, doctor.
1: Nice to see you too. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about your journey in dentistry and the different experiences that you've had, as well as kind of digging into um, mindset and how to get your team to have the right mindset and to be on board. And so for anyone joining, uh, you do not want to miss this episode. It's going to be a great one. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background in dentistry and kind of the different um, environments you've been in.
1: Yeah, I, I like to talk about this story because it goes, it goes back before, like as I was trying to become a dentist, because I think this is interesting that has to do with mindset and how you can have different situations really affect your overall outcome. So I wanna give you a little history. So I, I'm Canadian born um, and now I'm in Dallas, Texas. So I've had a little bit of a journey to get here um, and all our fellow dentists, my fellow dentists know that to get into dental school, you have to take DAT. It's like a super stressful test. You try your best, hopefully going hopefully to get the best grade you possibly can. And in Canada, you have to do this part where you're carving out this little bar of soap. It's like this maybe five inch bar of soap. And you have to carve um, like squares and triangles and all these kind of um, specific shapes into, into the bar of soap. And I go through this test, and like everybody who's taking this test, you're studying for a billion hours, it feels like. And you go, you take the test, and this is the first part of the test. I'm nervous. I go, I do it. I get all the numbers of what I think is correct. And then after each portion of that test, um, you go and you have a little break, and then you go into the next portion. So we do the carving portion, and uh, I get the, all the values where I think it's correct. And then you go outside, and we start talking to everybody, and they're like, oh, that was tough, you know? that triangle was, you know, like 12 or um, 16 millimeters by 16 by 16. And I was like, no, hold up. It wasn't, it was, it was like 17 by 17 by 17. And they're like, no, 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 Nate, like, that's not true. And I, and as soon as I, as soon as that happened, I immediately realized I like, oh my gosh, everybody else has it right. I got it wrong. And looking at that one number, I messed up literally one number, one number on this test of, of my whole like undergrad career, this one number. And that was the difference. So I did well in everything else, got the grades back. Uh, I messed up on the carbon portion. And in Canadian schools, they're no joke. It's not um, it's not like you can have an okay grade and get in. Once you mess up on one little thing, you are donezo. <laughs> so wow. I, I, yeah, I retake the test. In Canada, same thing. Can't take it that often, so I had to take it six months later. Um, I did well in everything, but by this time it's March. And uh, my fellow dentists out there know that most people are in or accepted to school probably in August or September, and they already know what's going on. So I retook it, got my grades back, did everything well. I go back to Canadian schools. I'm like, hey, everything's good, all my stuff's good. And they're like, yeah, everything's good, but we're not gonna accept that second grade until next year. And so, of course, at that point, I was starting to freak out. Um, But then I ended up applying to Boston University and USC in Los Angeles and got into both. And I just realized that, um, you know, these things that happen in your life, these things that seemingly are the worst things that could possibly ever happen to you, ended up being the absolute best thing ever for me. That one, you know, literally that five seconds of my life switched the trajectory of my life forever because instead of going staying in Canada, just you know, staying there probably forever, uh, we switched up. I went to L.A. and that's where I met my girlfriend, who is now my wife, who is also a dentist, and uh, stayed there and did uh, my orthodontic residency there. And then we moved to Dallas. So having that, you know, that ability to kind of stay calm, realizing that these small glitches that we think are the worst thing for us could actually be some sort of like divine or spiritual, whatever you want to call it, Um, calling for you that can switch your life for the better Um, so that's like kind of my
0: yeah it is divine I think it is divine and I feel like every time we're in a really hard place I feel like it's God's way of preparing us for what's next or pointing us in a certain direction or helping us learn something that's going to serve us in whatever mission we have to complete next so I, I love that you use that word because that's how I approach it. And I, I have this yeah. mantra in my mind that life is full of blessings and blessings in disguise. So they're the obvious love blessings. It. And then there are the things that are that are still blessings. They just don't really look like <laughs> blessings at the time. So <laughs> that's,
1: that's um, so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so from there, um you know, tell me a little bit about, okay, you, you get through dental school, now you do, you know, you go into ortho, um, where do you go from there?
1: So so from there, I realized, so we're in LA, Los Angeles, and Southern California, and if anybody is there listening who's in that area, they know how tough it is. You're in Florida. Florida's awesome. I just got back from Florida last Like four or five days ago. Florida is amazing. Texas is amazing. California is also amazing. It's just competitive, tough. So, my wife's dad is also a dentist and he's in California. Basically, he's like, hey, you need to get out of here. (laughs) It is really, really tough. You know, not that you can't make it, it's just more difficult. So, we knew some people in Dallas, came here, um, started to work for the big corporate offices, which I'm sure a lot of people have worked for. Um, before and you just you go through it, and I, I honestly think corporate is good. And this is like kind of controversial because everybody's like, ah, oh, corporate is the worst and all these bad things. But corporate can be good for a couple of reasons. Because number one, um, you start making money right off the bat. <laughs> and then when you come into school, you are in insane debt, so you need to make funds kind of right off the bat. Secondly, um, it shows you how to pick up your speed. So in dental school, for me in ortho residency, I've seen you know. Max maximum eight patients a day, which would be like a busy day. You go from that to seeing eighty. You know, so your your speed has to. You have to pick up your speed just a little bit, but you also want to do good work. And so you realize that hey, I can't do the majority of the work. I cannot see that many patients. I'm relying on these assistants. You're more training the assistants and having a good relationship with patients in order to kind of survive. Um, Also, there's a reason that corporate is corporate. They have not all of them. Some of them have good systems in place. You know, there's these big corporations um, that have, you know, 3, 4, 5, 600 offices, and they can't do that many offices if their systems, the processes and how they implement things don't work. So what I like to do is I, I worked with those knowing that is not me. Like uh, we can go on our belief structures and all that stuff after this, because I have all these ideas and belief structures, but knowing that that wasn't me. So we took all that information and then we opened, um, my wife and I opened an office, but it was not that simple. (laughs) Oh, well, no, it was. And then happily ever after
0: and everything was easy. Hiring was easy. Firing is a breeze. Easiest thing you'll ever do in your career. And the patients, they were just flowing in, right? Like you just build it, build it and they will come, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We opened the door and there's actually a hundred patients standing outside ready to come in. It was crazy.
0: Yes. With balloons and hot yeah. cocoa. And yeah. it's so funny, like on social media, everyone loves there's okay. So there's this book, uh, building a story brand. And now there's a couple marketing companies that really love this in dentistry because, okay, I'm just going to say this. It's super offensive. And I, 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 <laughs> My, my conscience is like sugar and I'm like, no. Um, dentists work very hard to get where they are. And I've taught my team this. When you get on the phone, you say doctor. You don't say, hey, Nate, you say Dr. Coughlin, right? I mean, you deserve that title. You work for that title. So when a marketing company comes in and says, we're going to tell your story, the doctor's like, finally, right? Like <laughs> It gets right to their heart of what they want. And there's something lucrative about that marketing uh, concept of, of storytelling and marketing. Um, everything in context, it gets you so far. But on social media, people do this, but they only tell the happy side and they only tell the 100 patients waiting at the door. Well, 50 of them are your cousins. Like, let's really yeah. lift the veil here and talk about what it really takes to be successful um, and it is not easy or everyone would be doing it. So talk to us a little bit about some of those early, like shocking moments where you were like, Oh, I never realized it would be so hard to X, Y, Z.
1: Oh my God. Okay. We have like so many that. It would take like 10 billion hours. <laughs> <for yourself>. let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let's go through the first one. So we have like probably anybody who's opening their own office. If you started from scratch and you did not have any guidance you don't know anything like I remember <laughs> I remember being like oh what what's a claim like how and then like how do you send the claim so we did this service on this patient how do we even send the claim like what does a claim look like who does it go to like we printed it out like who magically is going to pay us for this claim but then not only that we had um we actually had a specialist come in and he was like okay I'm, I'm out of network with some insurances and he's like so my fee schedule is going to be a little different and yeah yeah and I was like cool uh, what's a fee schedule <laughs> and meanwhile we've been open for like a few weeks and he's like how do you not know the fee schedule it's like you need to input that in like we have open dental and he's like you need to input that into open dental so you get the correct fees for all your patients and different insurances have different fee schedules i was like wow like we are no wonder our production looks so crazy because we're just like putting in random numbers I just (laughs) realized
0: I'm talking over the heads of so many people that are doing startups because I go in like and I'm talking about fee schedules and I'm talking about all these things and and they're pretending like they know everything that I'm talking about (sighs)
1: oh it's crazy it's great like the amount of things we didn't know like looking back so we have a couple staff member uh, members who have been with us since day one like literally since the time we're open now they're they're regionals for a little bit and um they yeah i i talk, like we talked about this often like how the heck did we make it like we literally and that's a beauty like one of the things the beauty is with dentistry is that you can i know you had a doc on this before who's saying the same thing that you can mess up a ton and still be okay and then once you finally get it then you can really rock and roll but we are like so blessed that dentistry has such a big margin of error that we can do all these messed up things and and still be successful so yeah we had man we had like just so many things we were like I was a terrible boss for a long time just terrible boss because I was so worried about every little detail like you know on every single person not realizing that that's micromanaging and how bad that is for people and how bad it is for like people's soul and like their 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 ability to grow and luckily I had some On my wife and some employees who were we were friends enough that they could be honest with me and be like, hey, like this isn't this isn't cool how you're managing us. Like it's too restrictive. Like you are actually hurting us. You know, the way you're managing is actually hurting the office. And we will grow more if you get us kind of laid off of it. And that's so true. Like there's so many docs who um are so you know typing. They wanna, they want to control everything because that's how we got through school and that's how we're you no, we think we can be successful when in reality in business, that actually has the opposite effect. You know, instead of growing, you're constricting people because you are the bottleneck to everything. Um, so I have, yeah, a, just, I,
0: have right. a, I have a theory on that a little bit. I think yep. that um, micromanagement is born from inefficient or ineffective accountability. It's kind of like the uh, the flip side of accountability, like accountability is healthy. It's a, you need it. Um, you can't go anywhere without it. If you don't have it, then you're forced to micromanage and they're very different things. So sometimes when you're actually holding people accountable, they will pull the, you're a micromanager card. But in reality, you're like, no, I just need these reports. Like, um, that's not actually Mm -hmm. micromanagement. And so a lot of, I think, um, Employees like to use that word because they know as owners, we never want to micromanage. So if they can just throw that out, then you won't hold them accountable. This is my word on don't mistake accountability with micromanagement because they're very, very different things. Um,
1: Absolutely. And I think like when when we'll go into an office, because we have multiple now, uh, I'll I'll ask them like, oh, hey, how is the agent, like how, how are we doing with our collections and stuff, right? Just a general question. Almost nobody is like, oh my God, like we're screwed. We don't know what the hell we're doing. But yeah. then you go, okay, cool. That's nice. And let me see the report now. And and uh, one of my mentors said this too, and this is kind of like a harsh thing, but it's true. He's like, you know, people lie, numbers don't. You know, so people will tell you, people love to sugarcoat it. They're never going to say, hey boss, like, yeah, we're not doing our job. We're not doing a good thing. But if you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, okay, this is, you guys are doing a great job. Everything is going great. You guys are on top of it. I can see you, you guys are looking at everything. Um, or mm, we haven't looked at the aging for four months, like what the heck is going on, you know?
0: And in marketing, I teach people that numbers do lie and to be very oh.
1: careful.
0: <laughs> yes. Be very careful with the, with the numbers. Um, and I don't know if it's appropriate to segue from that into marketing, yeah. but yeah. Um, it's kind of where my head tends to lend just because of my own passions, but um, numbers can absolutely lie. So Um, you have to question the source of the numbers and what they actually mean, because they can definitely lie. So I know a lot of doctors say, well, this marketing company promised me 20 patients, but what they actually promised was 20 leads and they didn't define a lead and what's a qualified versus an unqualified lead. And how do people use numbers to kind of manipulate situations? So I I agree. Uh, your, your numbers aren't going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm always teaching people numbers can lie. You have to be aware yeah, of yeah.
1: this. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Cause you're talking about what people are promising you. Um, yeah. kind of what people are going to say. And, and I'm saying, Oh, I'm talking about like specifically the aging and reports. So you're right. I agree people. And we, we use various multiple um, marketing agencies and yeah, some, I mean, yeah, some just say they're going to do a lot and don't. And um, I love talking about marketing, so I love how we're going to segue into this. I, I have all these like mindset things, and we can talk about that later too. But marketing is is amazing, and I love. Um, obviously, I have a lot of friends who are in the dental field. Some of them are doing high-end offices. Some of them are doing low-end offices. Some of them are in in Beverly Hills in California. Some of them are in like you know on the East Coast, all over the place, and it's interesting to see how everybody's marketing is different perspective is different but one thing i find is and you you know more about this than me but i find that majority of dentists shy away from what i find is the easier things but this may not be the easier things but you know like the social medias the youtubes that um it's funny one of our biggest it was for a while but it's not as anymore one of our biggest marketing or referrals was Pinterest, which I never, I'm never on Pinterest. I don't know much about Pinterest, but that was like one of our biggest things. It's like all these things you can do for free. You know, I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you have this um, Instagram account, this Facebook account, this YouTube account, and just like give your knowledge out and, and put all this out there because potentially you can get these patients from it. Um, So I have like so much passion with that, with that type of stuff and, and blogging and, and getting your SEO proper and doing all these things that, you can't see the one-to-one, you know, like as as dentists or orthodontists, we, we study hard, we do well in this test. It's like instant gratification. Whereas if you're, you know, on social and SEO, like SEO takes a long time to, to get going. So we don't get that instant gratification. So sometimes we're like, oh, we tried it. And I know you said this on the other podcast, which I loved, but you're saying, hey, you know, I tried this one marketing agency or two or three or whatever you have when you tried. And then you're like, ah, like I'm not gonna do anything. Like marketing doesn't work. Like if marketing doesn't work, why is like coca cola and Pepsi and Apple all over the place? Like obviously, marketing works. Is this the approach that you or your team or whoever um, did did not work? Um so I'm also interested to uh, to flip it on you and and say, what do you think like for you and your team and the people you worked with, what are the best approaches you guys have used to to generating leads?
0: so i will I will start by saying, and this is a total political answer because I'm totally dodging the question. Um, but it always depends what you're trying to accomplish and people need to first set up what they're trying to accomplish before they set up the marketing. And so many people, they get into like a marketing planning session with me and they're like, Oh, um, um, it's just going to be my office manager and she's going to watch your, your, your slides or whatever you have. And I'm like, that's not what this is. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And if, someone comes to me and says, I want to be the number one doctor in my community. I want everyone to know who I am. And I want to be the top provider of high quality care. And I want my reputation to be this. And I want to attract this many new patients a month that are interested in this. I can reverse engineer that into a marketing plan. Um, And so I would always say, start with what you want and the goal. But if you've given up on marketing and what marketing can do, so you don't even have a goal, (laughs) then we have a little bit of work to do um, before we can create that plan. Um, Generally speaking right now, now I'll actually answer your question. Generally speaking right now, I am a big fan of being found for the people who are looking for you. So SEO, Google ads is very powerful. Um, And then for branding, I like social media for branding. So that's where you put out video content, where you build your reputation, You've got that three-dimensional connection, just like when, you're, when you were watching TV 10 years ago and you'd have a commercial interrupt your show, you are not necessarily going to go run to the store and buy a Snickers bar just because you watched a Snickers commercial, but it's making an impression on you and it's building that brand recognition. So my number one goal with every doctor that I speak to is what's the goal? How are we gonna get there? And then here's what you can expect from this. Here's what you can expect from that. And the most frustrating thing in the world for me is when I say, doctor, these are brand build. This particular ad on Facebook is a brand building initiative. Do not call me in three months and tell me it didn't get you a new patient. I, I don't run it if that's your expectation for this particular thing. Because they no. don't, they're not gonna call you and say that they saw your ads. When they're ready, they're gonna look you up on Google and they're gonna say, Google was the source. But you're gonna yep. see those numbers go up, but you're not gonna see the direct call to action from this branding initiative. And they say, okay, and then they call me three months later and I'm like, we talked about this.
1: You know, it's, it's so funny because that was honestly my um, perception early on i was just like you know with with google it's so it, it's easier i'm not saying it's 100 but you know google they're searching they go dentist near me oh my ad pops up they'll click on that and we have landing page, and so we can track it and all that good stuff um which is still not 100 percent because people will click potentially click on that ad see us I'm like oh that's interesting i'm going to take billy to to school now and then oh they're going to come back and go look in your um, your um, potentially like a Google Maps page and all this different things to get to you. So you go, oh my gosh, that Google ad didn't work. But it's like, eh, it actually did. It was the last thing that pushed them. Or that Facebook ad, I just I think it's super rare. And I, I'm like an Instagram shopper, which is that like <laughs> Instagram has their marketing down to T for me, because yeah. I was like scrolling through my feed. I'm like, that looks cool. I'm like, oh, but I still will never buy directly from that. I will see that, I will bookmark it, And then I will go to their website on desktop because they like to look on desktop and buy from there. So if they had their marketing, they'd probably see like, oh, potentially Nathan did not buy from this ad, but I actually did, you know? And so it's, it's tough to see that even yesterday, we're looking at some of our Facebook ads and uh, I was like, oh, we're not getting many referrals from it. But then I look at the ad itself. I'm like, oh, we had, you know, like 500 clicks from it. So I'm like, oh, people are like definitely looking at it but you just don't get that, you don't get that um, that excitement or that gratitude <laughs> knowing like, oh, it's a one-for-one thing. Oh, like that just oh doesn't no.
0: exist. And yeah. dentists think like that, like vast yeah. majority think like that. So <laughs> this is very hard for them. And here's the thing, you're not selling $15 magnetic eyelashes. This isn't an impulse buy, this is a healthcare provider. So you have to build the brand first, build that trust, that credibility, and think about the length of the sales cycle that it could take. Um, this is a bigger purchase, especially if you're um, selling, I'll say selling because I'm not afraid to say it, but offering orthodontics yep. or implant dentistry or more costly procedures, sometimes elective dentistry, cosmetics, you're, you're going to have to build that uh, reputation and it comes over time. Um, yes. And this is not an excuse. There are a lot of there are a lot of marketing initiatives that we run that are that direct click to call. I mean, the numbers should start to improve. Uh, If you're running Google ads, they should start to improve in two to three months. You should start to feel the impact, um, branding. You're going to gradually see it over time. And then SEO, I say usually six months, depending on your situation, but, um, There are tangible things to track
1: yes. here, but. Yes, yes, yes yeah, and I, I don't, you're right. And I don't want to say like, hey, it's just, we're throwing the money away and just praying, oh, marketing's going to work. You know, definitely, you're still looking at the numbers. You're still looking at like click-through rates, how many clicks you're getting, how many directly you're getting from maybe landing pages. And I love how you say you're not afraid to sell because it's so, it's just so interesting. Like why, why is selling, selling is not a bad thing, but yet dentists are like, I don't want to sell treatment. We had a, a newer dentist come on maybe six months ago and he's like, Oh, I don't want to sound like I'm too selly. And I was like, selly. I'm like, the, the patient had a, a bombed out tooth. Right. And he's like, Oh, I want to potentially, um, yeah, I'm going to avoid them. We're going to do something else initially. And because I don't want to bombard them. And I was just like, well, keep in mind, like you're not selling, you know, like I don't know something really negative like um, guns or I don't know whatever something really, really terrible right? You're selling health like that is what you're selling. You're trying to promote health in this person like how beautiful is that? We're we're literally helping these people. Um, so to say it's like oh selling is something negative. I'm like that's kind of crazy. Also we are selling ourselves every single day like every minute. You know <laughs> we're selling ourselves to our spouses, to our kids, to our staff, to the patients coming in, selling ourselves that we're like these great people and and you wanna work with us. So selling is just that is the site.
0: And that's where I would flip it and say, well, define selling for me. Mm. I would just say, what does selling mean to you? Yeah. Because to me, it means that you're offering something to someone that they need. And if you're ethical about what you're recommending and you explain why you're recommending it, if, is it really a problem? And what happens, and this is what I used to say to my dental team, so I worked in a practice before I started the agency, and um, I used to try to get everyone to be salespeople in that practice. So I used to say, whenever they would cringe, I'm not selling, I don't sell, I would say, (laughs) what happens if that patient leaves today and they don't accept your treatment plan? What happens? And then they would say, oh, well uh, they go somewhere else or, oh, um, they come back when they're ready or that. And I was like, no, you don't know, you don't know what happens. So they came here for a reason. They were ready to get healthy. They're ready to invest in their health. And I'm not saying you push them if they truly can't afford it, help them with what you can, you know, you're here to serve. But um, most of the time, it's about priorities. It's about what do they value? And, um, it's fun. It's fun to help people. Like it shouldn't be something we're worried about. (laughs) Um, and I know we only have a couple minutes, but I did want to get to the point of mindset. And I think this is a perfect segue for mindset because when you're talking and you're worried about selling to a patient, do you really have the right mindset? Um, What are what are kind of your thoughts on mindset and its role in a successful dental team?
1: So, like, unfortunately, I, we won't be able to cover this in like the few minutes we have left. But you can't I, this, cover I, this
0: big topic in two minutes.
1: I'll give you I'll give you my my my, my tamed down version. Um, I just had the pleasure to interact with Ian Pruckner, who is this guy who, um, very successful. He does. Um, he's kind of like in real estate. Uh, And he gave his example, which I love. So I'm a, I'm a, I follow Tony Robbins and all these different, I'm big on like constantly and never ending improvement and just trying to get better as as much as we can. But his is really interesting. His, his acronym was T-BAR. And I remember this so well because it just really stuck home with me and it is thoughts, beliefs, actions, uh, results. So a lot of the times I'll give example of, you know, going to work out. I'd like to be healthy. So you have people who will come in and they say, you know, maybe they want, they have these health goals. They say, Hey, I want, I'm going to, um, I want to lose 30 pounds, um, just because that's something I want to do. And the problem is you're focusing on these results, but you're not changing your thoughts and beliefs. Um, and this is very important. And that's why I have these people who do these yo-yo diets or who can't stay at the gym or can't stay active is because you don't physically, or your thoughts and beliefs aren't aligned with what you're trying to do. So if instead of that, you say, um, uh, I, I know I'm a healthy person, I'm an active person, I'm going to go to the gym every day, that is just who I am. These thoughts, if you constantly put this in your head, will change your belief structure. Because now you say, oh, I'm a healthy person. It's not like, oh, I need to lose 30 pounds. It's like, I'm healthy. And that is it, which will lead to these actions, which is working out, which then gets you the results. And and that's how I think it's, it's like, that is like the crucial thing. It's not necessarily... Just focusing on these results, focusing on these patients, focusing on losing 30 pounds, it's getting your thoughts and belief structures in place because there's gonna be so many ups and downs <laughs> from this like crazy. And if your thoughts and beliefs aren't aren't sound, um, then you're done for it. Like you, you won't be able to get the um, the results that you're after.
0: So so just to recap that, it is the the self-limiting beliefs come from our self-view and how we think about ourselves. So if we think we're someone who struggles in business or I'm a, I'm a dentist and so I'm not very good at business, if we continue to tell ourselves and accept that, then our actions will fulfill that belief about ourselves. So we have to change with positive affirmations, very intentionally change how we view ourselves, and then the actions will more naturally follow our beliefs about ourselves is that a good recap
1: that is exactly right yeah and it's and it goes with marketing too like you said you had some doctors friends who are doing that where they'd say oh, I've tried a couple of people uh, for marketing and it doesn't work because their belief structures and they're it's telling them that marketing, mm, it may or may not work, I don't know. But if somebody, if a dentist was like, marketing works, everything, like all my, like I know marketing works. I see blah, 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 doing his marketing and it works. It doesn't matter how many marketing agencies you use, you, you're just gonna keep doing it until it works. That works. Like, that, 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 that's the thing, that's, that's the answer. That's
0: awesome, that is awesome. Well, um, Dr. Coughlin, this has definitely been one of my favorite interviews. Thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning and for this awesome positive energy that you've just infused on all of us. I really appreciate it. For those of you watching or listening, join our Facebook group, Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I share a ton of information um, and it's just a good place to ask your marketing questions. If you're looking for a marketing agency that's effective and ethical, Um, Look us up, identitydental.com, and I hope you all have a great day.